playoffs are here, and so is Bob Condota, and those two things, I guess, make me very happy. How about you, Bob? <laughs> well, it's nice to get to the playoffs, and I think the Seahawks feel the same way. I, I, I don't know if they've gotten stale or bored. I know we were, I was on uh, some other people and talking about, oh, this team has seen bored or whatever, like they're waiting for the playoffs. I guess we'll find out. We'll know in a week or two if this team really, you know, maybe that's what it is, and they can just turn it on. But there's no doubt. This has been a, sort of a weird regular season. It's nice to get to this point now. Everything really matters. Everything really counts. There's no caveats or asterisks or anything at this point. you got to go out there and play your best each week and, and try to move on. That's an interesting one to start with because I think it's sort of the question that will probably define this team one way or the other which is, do you think they actually can turn it on? Yeah. Uh, I, I personally think that at this point, teams kind of are who they are. I think, I do think there is truth that like the, the how you finish a season doesn't really, there is really no corollary to that and how a team's going to do in the playoffs. That's to me a different thing. But this is now a team that, you know, the, ever since that Patriots game is just the offense hasn't clicked. Russell hasn't played great. Uh, the defense has obviously not been the same without Earl Thomas the last four games. I think they're a team that kind of are what they are type of thing right now. What do you think? And I, I think you've even mentioned the old Sonics before. Well, yeah, I have, yeah. Uh, but I, I would agree. And I, I actually uh, did a Facebook Live with the Seattle Times a few, a few minutes, a little while ago. And this question came up and someone asked about the Seahawks catching fire in the playoffs like they've done in the past. And I dispute that they've caught fire in the playoffs in the past because to me, they've always been playing pretty well going into the playoffs. You could maybe argue, uh, you know, Pete Carroll brought up in, in the year they won the Super Bowl, they lost two games. I don't buy that one. I don't no. either. I, they had played... And the only thing there, that year they played really well. And then they lost a, a really close game against a really good team on the road in San Francisco. And then even Arizona that year was a damn good team. That, that you know, that Arizona team that won 10 games in 2013. They also had like them. five turnovers that game. Yeah. It was such a goofy game. And yeah. again, you're right, those were but, two very good But in teams. 2012, they were the hottest team in the NFL going into the playoffs. In 2014, they'd won nine of their last 10. They turned it around after the kind of Percy Harvin-influenced ugly start. And then even last year, they, they won six of their last seven, went on historic passing runs, Doug Baldwin with the eight, you know the 8,000 touchdown catches and everything. That's not where they're at right now. Right, right now, they're in this kind of the offense seems to, uh, seems to still have no week-to-week identity. And then as you pointed out, the defense is missing a huge part that they're not getting back in Earl Thomas and has not been the same without him. And they're going to have to play really good passing teams these first two weeks to, to move on. And uh, you know the, how much they miss Earl is going to be exposed immediately in the playoffs. It's funny. We kind of do some, did some season-ending wrap-up stuff for looking ahead to the playoffs and kind of putting a bow on the season. And it's funny going back and looking at that Patriots game in hindsight because it really did feel like the start of something of a very typical Seahawks run. I mean, you go back and look at that game, Russell threw for like 350 yards. He had three touchdowns. They beat New England on the road. They pick off Tom Brady. I mean, it's just – it was an incredible performance, and I just – I remember thinking like, okay, they're gonna we're in for another like crazy Seahawks run here. But ever since that game, they just have not played well. I mean, I think what they they finished four and three since that point. Yeah. Uh, and then that's and, and again, some of it's Earl Thomas, but they weren't playing very well even before Earl Thomas's injury. And and I think it's just interesting to me to go back and look at where that team was at that point. Do you think that was sort of a mirage? type of thing or or does it make the case a little bit that maybe they do play up or I, I you know how, how do you want to yeah I, I well you know they are the Seahawks went three and one it's interesting they're they playing four games against teams that made the playoffs this year 
Um, they went three and one against those teams, but they won the first three and got blown out by the last one they played. So I guess you could look at that both ways. You could say they, they played up and played well against playoff teams early, although even one of them was Miami. I don't know how well they played against Miami, but they managed to win that one. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought the same thing. And at one point I know I wrote something like that, that, you know, that was the, that was the official start of the second half of the season. And it was like, here we go. They are going to, and I know that was the feeling that night. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you were there Pete Carroll, uh, just seemed ecstatic afterward. And that was one of exactly the happiest I've seen that team yeah. all season and one of the happiest I've seen them in the, the years we've been covering them, a non-playoff game situation. I mean, they re, you could just tell they felt like you, this was a huge win for them. Well, the one thing they had offensively that night was C.J. Procise played really well, yep. and that was something that has happened with this team a few times in the Carroll era. As they've sort of, a young guy has emerged, uh, or you know, a, or a couple of young guys have emerged. And I remember, again, writing something about following week, sort of saying it's following that template a little bit. If you add a piece to it, uh, or a new guy, or, or, or even just a younger player that really takes off, and Procise was going to be that. Then he got hurt the very next week against the Eagles, and you know, then Thomas Rawls kind of on and off, and he's gotten hurt again since then. So the you know the running game has just not been much of anything, and uh, you know, and then defensively, obviously Earl got hurt the very next week as well against Philadelphia, and he came back obviously and played another game or two. But you know, they lost the next week against Tampa Bay. That's sort of when it felt like it started to go off the rails a little bit. So there are some specific things you can kind of point to as what changed, um, and that they're not really the exact same team they were against New England. But uh, they also just haven't, even guys who played well that night haven't necessarily played as well since then. And so the, the good thing is they get what. I, I wish I had more time to really try to do a statistical analysis of the Detroit Lions, but just looking at their numbers and, and comparing them historically, they've got to be one of the worst teams to ever make the playoffs. I mean, you just look at, you know, other than passing, they don't rank highly in anything, yeah. and they rank historically bad in some things. Like, their pass defense is unbelievable. I mean, yep. 106.5 passer, passer rating against, um, you know, that's the highest passer rating in, in history for a quarterback if they had that. It's, uh, a, it's so. a great, it's easily the best matchup for the Seahawks in the NFC without a doubt the only thing that gives me slight pauses and and I, I picked the Seahawks to win and I think you did too I did right? too yeah. uh, it's at home I think that's pretty pretty yeah they're an eight point yeah. favorite so it's not the out of the box no no by no means but the only thing that gives me pause about like looking at some of the line stuff is the 49ers were like a historically bad run no, you're defense right. yep. and and the Seahawks couldn't really do I mean yeah. you take out a couple of Alex Collins carries in the second half and it was an abysmal rushing performance for yeah. them it just feels like I think we've kind of been waiting for like signs to sort of believe in this team again and I don't mean to be a cynic here but I don't know if we've really seen enough of them to really give you confidence I think they're going to beat the Lions because they're at home and I think they have enough pieces to get that done but I guess my point is I don't see this team having the long-term prospects that you felt each of the last four years, even last year, and they're going on the road against Carolina, I still think you felt, okay, they, they can win this game. I think most of us probably picked them to win that game. Um, I don't know. I just don't quite feel that way entering the playoffs this this season for kind of some of the reasons you mentioned. Well, it's it definitely, again, just to me, it's a different personality and field than going into the playoffs the last four years. And that's why, to me, comparisons of, well, but they always have done this in the playoffs or whatever, I, this just it has a completely different sort of feel to it with the way the running game in particular hasn't come around. You know, one thing, and I tried to throw this out a little bit in a story for today on Russell, is it will be interesting to me to see if Russell, now you don't, you're not trying to get him through the week anymore. Now you 
you just you got to get through the game and play. And if Russell gets more aggressive running, and if they sort of allow him to be more aggressive running, and and if he literally maybe doesn't wear his brace and he's got just a little bit more uh, quickness because of that as well, you know. And if and if it's sort of like okay, let's let's get the Russell part of this uh, much a much bigger factor, and maybe that opens up the rest of the run. But I would agree with you. I thought that was to me that was the most eye-opening thing of the 49er game. Which is, I, and I really think they thought that too. I think oh, they yeah. thought they were going to go down there. Well, they were going to get Rawls yeah, 12 carries. or 15 yeah. carries, and he'd get 120 yards or whatever, and they could, you know, and they could be like, okay, we're back, and we're sort of who we've always been going into the playoffs, and they weren't that at all. I think the only shot this team really has of of making a deep run is if Russell Wilson plays lights out. I mean, what, I guess I'll just throw that out there for a topic of debate. Do you? Because to me, to me, their defense is going to be okay. But I think their defense is going to be flawed. I just think that Earl Thomas is a big enough piece back there. And we've seen it when they've played pretty good offenses against Arizona, when they played the Packers, obviously. Like, they've given up a lot of points, and they've been pretty vulnerable at different times. I think the only shot this team has is if Russell Wilson plays lights out, because I don't think you can bank on them running the ball anymore. I mean, it's been we've seen them for 16 games not really be able to do that. I just don't think that that switch can turn. I think the one switch they can that can turn on for them that could – Push them over the top is Russell. Yeah, I would agree totally. I, I'm, they probably are going to have to depend on him more than ever uh, for those reasons. And they sort of have this year. I mean, he, you know, he ended up setting a, a franchise passing record this season, and it was more. And it's not necessarily. I don't know if the. I don't think he threw the ball better at all this no. year than he has in the past. But it was he just threw sort it of more. Yeah, yeah, he just had to throw it more. They threw it a lot more. I, I had all those numbers in a story today that was in the paper. How many more? It's something like eighty more attempts or whatever. I mean, they just had to pass the ball more this year, so he put up bigger numbers. Uh, it does, I guess, sort of prove something that he can put up those kind of numbers when he really needs to but it's still not uh, but it also proves it also proves what was sort of always kind of the thinking back when he wasn't throwing it much was okay he can maybe do that but is it is that the best way for them to win I mean I I think this team would much rather have him have had him thrown it 80 times less yeah been successful running the ball and I think if they were able to do that they'd probably have a couple more wins this season yeah and and you know even the even the couple you know they had that four game stretch that Pete Carroll talks about the running game but even that where there was a little bit of bells and whistles there like a 75 yard run by Tyler Lockett a 72 yard run by CJ Procise neither of those guys is here anymore so to to sort of look back at that and and you know I mean that was 150 uh, you know they had about 900 yards there and 150 of it was two two runs by guys that aren't around anymore well the most Uh, most amazing uh, stat in their running game still to me is that without you know all the rankings aside and all that stuff where they've ranked this year is that Kristen Michael is still their leading rusher I know people throw that stat out but it's it's just truly an amazing thing the guy hasn't been here when, when five games five I think games he played 11 yeah he hasn't been here in five games and he's still their leading rusher I mean that's yeah. insane no it is and uh you know it and me being an old guy here that the the the, the, the uh, he's the lowest leading rusher they've had since 1984 which is a really amazing uh, Seahawk team that went 12 and 4 and made it to the second round of the playoffs but that team also is sort of an example of what happened of what could happen with this team which was they really had they, they created all these turnovers and they and, and they had to throw the ball more than ever and that was most of the passing records that Russell has broken the last two two years was Dave Craig and Steve Largent in that 1984 season when Kurt Warner got hurt and they had no running game to speak of but when they got in the playoffs they, they couldn't sustain that 
that and they had to go play Miami in the second round and just got blown out and and because they had no sort of running game on the road to sort of take the pressure off the defense and things like that and uh, and, and they just got blitzed and, and it was it was a team that despite having done some really good things seemed flawed going into the playoffs and and we saw that and you know so this team I mean can you suddenly manufacture a running game I mean they might be able to against Detroit because I you know Detroit's not a great defense although their running game numbers have not been bad right you know, they've played some good running it's teams not their and, strength though yeah well I don't know what their strength is but because um, their pass defense is, is worse statistically than their run defense is um, but um, uh, you know so the Seahawks should I, I mean I think the Seahawks should get by this one a lot of things we're talking about I think are things that are more relevant in a week or two yeah you look at the uh, I guess let's take a quick look at this game to me one of the things that's most interesting actually let's go back this way one of the things that's most interesting about the Seahawks right now in this team is I think it's way easier to find their weaknesses than I think it is to find their strengths and that that's not been the case at any point since either you or I have been covering the team for the last four seasons yeah, I, that, no, I was sorry. That thought, pause, that pause that is why Bob gets his phone taken away. I thought there was a question. I thought no, I thought you were continuing okay. with a I'll question. I'll explain real quick. I have to take his phone away. I was away. trying like, to look at my Twitter child. questions. I was trying like, to look at my child because he looks at his phone and he doesn't pay attention. And I was I, looking that was at a test. Twitter that was purely a test to see if you were paying any attention. No, there were seventeen Twitter notifications. I could have said anything there. You would have said, "Yeah, I agree with you." Put out a tweet for questions, and I was reading through some of the reader questions, so I'll never know what the readers are asking. Yeah, so my point is in what I was just messing with you a little bit there but my point is that I think it's way easier to point out their weaknesses which yeah. to me are they can't run the ball they can't really protect Russell and right now without Earl Thomas they're very vulnerable to like giving up big plays in the passing game I think if you would have done a, a look at them in any of the last three seasons that we've covered them you come up with three or four strengths right away and you kind of have a hard time figuring out okay what's really their weakness here I have a hard time sort of figuring out at this point what their really their strength is. Like, what is the backbone of this team? They they stopped the run really well. Yeah, I mean, they did lead the NFL in yards, but per that's carry. about all I can really truly come up with as like a yeah. concrete thing. I mean, they've got some good. Yeah, pieces. their defensive front seven has yep. played consistently well and is and and is playing well right now. It is healthy with Michael Bennett back. And uh, another thing I meant to look, I, I do a breakdown of this weekend, didn't get to it, but uh, is Frank Clark's numbers when Frank when Michael Bennett has been healthy. Frank Clark has played really well the last few weeks. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. He's playing well now that Michael Bennett's back because I think Bennett draws a lot of attention Absolutely. and that gets uh, Frank Clark's some really advantageous matchups that he can take advantage of one-on-one. I don't. I think when Bennett was out and Clark was getting some attention, it was much more difficult for him. So I think their defensive line is in a good spot right now. Although uh, Tony McDaniel, as we speak, we don't know if he's going to be able to play or not, I guess. But um, but the rest of it, you know, Wagner and uh, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright have played great this year and things like that. So that's sort of their strength. But yep. you're right, they, and they do play a team week one that if Detroit gets, if they can get any sort of protection from Matthew Stafford um, with that passing game, you know, they, they get Eric Ebron and Golden Tate and whatever uh, out there a little bit. Um, Golden Tate to me is going to be a very interesting player in this game for a number of reasons, but he also, that's, he's exactly the kind of guy that like the JJ Nelson, the place he got. He's great yards out of the catch. Yeah. And you know, where, where they could really miss Earl Thomas as if, uh, you know, you get it, you just try to get it to Golden Tate six, seven, eight times and make guys miss. And then where, you know, that where suddenly they don't have Earl in the middle and and things like that, you know, it, it only takes one guy to miss and it becomes a big play. That's the thing. It's kind of an obvious point. But I think that the real key for the Seahawks in this game, and it probably will be in every game, but really I think in this game is they just can't give up the 60 or 70 yard touchdown. They just can't. I think that 
because I think I think they might have a hard time scoring against the Lions. I don't think they're going. I think it's probably more likely that they don't light it up than they do, and so I think that they really have to make sure that they they cannot have one of those JJ Nelson plays. They can't have a sixty yarder. They can't have an eighty yarder. I think if that happens, I think they're really in for a really tough day. I think if nothing else, they can give up a lot of yards, but they got to, they got to make sure that it kind of, that the lines have to bleed to do it. And, and especially early. And I've never really felt this way about the Seahawks before. And I know sometimes you and me sort of uh, have differing views on this, but you know, the whole, how they start, does that matter? And I've, I've never really thought for the most part, you know, that matters. I've, you know, Pete, the whole, you can't win it. You, you can only win the fourth quarter. And I've always sort of thought, yeah, that's a, but I really feel that's important now I agree. with the way totally. this team is because they have not been starting well especially offensively in these games they've fallen behind they haven't looked good um and i think if that happens in a playoff game where the mood of that stadium could turn quickly and i think the players will really be paying attention to that kind of thing in this game if that happened you know this first series of the game uh this tackle golden Tate goes 60 yards or something like that if detroit were to take an early lead the way the air could come out of that we've seen this team have some obviously most of them involving richard sherman but some yeah. you know <laughs> some uh, interesting moments on the sidelines uh, where things could where things could turn. So to me, I really think the first 15, 20 minutes of this game is going to tell everything. Your mind will remember this. What exactly was the early score of the Cardinals game at home this year? And the reason I ask is because that was one where it felt like the stadium, just the home field advantage on that one until they rallied in the very late in the fourth quarter. I felt like the Cardinals completely sucked the life out of that one. And I think that's kind of the formula for Detroit here is because I think people are on edge kind of looking for that. And where in years past, they, I don't think that affected even Seahawks fans in the stadium, but I yeah. think this year the Lions score a big touchdown on their first drive or something, you know, hit a big play or march right down the field. I think I think that home field advantage gets like yeah, it gradually gets dropped down a little bit. And it, I, you know, yeah, it could, and you know, and these are NFL players, so they're much uh, NFL teams. I, I feel like are a little bit less. Um, like in college, I've always felt like just the, the loudness and stuff For like sure. that really gets seen. I do think NFL teams are much better equipped to sort of handling that. But so I think uh, NFL teams, I think especially in the playoffs, they sort of thrive sometimes on that. So like the Lions, I think could be really emboldened if anything goes well early, and then they become just that much harder to beat. But yeah, I know the Cardinals game. The Seahawks remember had that turnover early that the Cardinals turned into a really quick touchdown. The uh, um, yeah, fumble, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then they scored on the eighty yard pass uh, uh, sort of late in the second quarter. So it was fourteen nothing. And, and yeah, I agree totally. I mean, the the mood and the mood and, every, and everything was was really odd. And the Seahawks were able to come back and, and force the tie. <laughs> it looked like they were going to take the lead. But um, yeah, I, I think this is the most sort of nervous, on edge, anxious probably that the fan base has been about a Seahawks playoff game, probably in the entire Pete Carroll era. You know, 2010, it was house money. It was it was just such an anomaly, kind of a weird thing that they got a home game against New Orleans, and then. You know, uh, every year since then, the Seahawks have, as we were talking about earlier, have really gone into the playoffs, I feel like, playing really well and on a roll. Um, you know, even last year, I know they lost, I think, the second to last week against the Rams, but then they came back and 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 uh, beat, if you recall, they went down to Arizona and beat the Cardinals 36-6 to and, yep. and what was as good a performance as they could have had uh, to end that season. So even though they went 10-6 and six and everything, they, they went into the playoffs coming off what was a great win. And you could and, feel that vibe yeah. in the locker room, too. Yeah. And, I, you know, people, they people don't know if that, that matters, week. and I don't know if it does, but the last few years you've kind of felt – 
them feeling yeah. like, hey, this is really starting to go. I don't know if I quite feel. No, that. I, I would agree totally because I think even even in those years when they've lost a game or two late, they always played well in that final game to sort of like reaffirm. I think they, you know, if they had any, if there was any lingering doubt or anything going in the playoffs, they had a performance that sort of reaffirmed, yep, this is who we are, and and yeah, we are that team and everything. And they they haven't had that this year at all. Um, you know, even even if they lost that Green Bay game, I think there was a thought, okay, we got these last three against bad, you know, not great NFC West teams. And we'll just steamroll through this and and we'll get back on track i know i sort of felt that way i was like yeah you know the green bay game is sort of a a little bit of a fluke the way it went and they'll you know they'll look really good in a couple of these games and that didn't happen at all you know uh even the rams game i mean i know they ended up winning 24 to 3 but no uh, none of none of these have been convincing and i do think the players um they feel that much more so than they might let on publicly let's end real quick with the the favorite of our podcast the uh, questions from loyal readers and twitterers First question, think there's a point where they change up the defense. Admit it doesn't work without Earl and try something else. I just I think that's risky to do in the playoffs. I don't think you can change who you are and, and do that at this time. I don't think because, Pete Carroll would do that. Uh, yeah, anymore. I don't think Pete would do that. I, I think – and I, I, while they do play always to the strengths of their players, I, I do think Pete very strongly believes in what they do schematically and, and the belief, the overall belief system and what they do. But I also just think that's one of those things you do in the you – know, if you suddenly weren't going to have a role next year, then that's something you do in the offseason and things like that. I just – I don't think – I think trying to ask everybody to do something different at this part point of the year is, is difficult to do. Agreed. Here's, here's a two-part question. It comes from actually two different people, but they kind of play together. Which is the problem with the run game, Rawls or the O-line? That's the first question. The second, because I think they're tied in together, zone read appears less effective than ever, especially when Wilson keeps it. Defense is figuring it out. Hawks adjusting. And I guess I'll throw it out there first. To me, it just seems like it's the zone read is much less effective, especially when Russell keeps it, because teams don't have to respect uh, – they don't have to put as many guys – focused on stopping the running back anymore i just think that's a pretty simple thing and i think there are obviously multiple problems with the run game but i think it still probably starts with the offensive line yeah um i mean the zone read also just russell's not been healthy that's so I, I think that's a big part of it too i think it's been much easier to sort of just stick one guy on that and they've been and they've been getting him i mean we, we even saw it last week with san francisco a, a few times and one real notable play that i know a lot of us sort of wrote about because it's just so stood out but that it wasn't a zone read but russell tried to run away from a, a linebacker who had was out of the league a couple weeks ago the 49ers just picked him up that Carl Bradford and uh you know Russell couldn't get away from him um so, so that's why I'd be curious if Russell you know feels better in the playoffs or just gets more aggressive about it sort of it gets to the point of it doesn't matter anymore if I get hurt kind of thing maybe gets more aggressive that way but the line is not a good run blocking line you yeah. know and I was even you know we were talking a couple of us to Justin Britt for quite a while on uh, a couple days ago and he sort of admitted that by talking about he thought they were a good pass blocking team and he was like you know I feel like that's the one area we've improved in this year is the pass blocking and everything which was sort of an admission that yeah we haven't gotten it together that way which is no secret but I think you know I think even the team and everything realizes that and I think they've I think they've play called to that of late I think I think they're still always going to try to run it I think there's been a little bit less lately of beating their head against it. I think they have gotten to some point in some of these games where I think they've realized it's not working. I think they did that last week a little bit yep. where they ran it uh, early. They realized even against the 49ers, it wasn't working. So we had to just start doing some things. And, you know, that's when they, that's when the offense finally took off a little bit was when they were just kind of flinging it. All right, let's two more. Can we expect a closer to 50, 50 split with Thomas Rawls and Alex Collins going forward? Alex Collins has been the more impressive running back recently. Uh, well, I would argue if you see that, it's not a good thing. I, I still think Thomas Rawls is the best tailback for this team. So I think the only way you see that is if Rawls is 
either gets hurt again or is ineffective, and then they go to uh, Collins as sort of the complementary back. Um, this will sound hypocritical maybe, but I, I will throw a little bit of an asterisk around what Collins did last week by noting how bad the 49ers defense is. Well, yeah. after having just said that it was distressing that the 49er defense was able to hold down the Seahawk running game last week a little bit, but I would also say that you got to take that into account a little bit with Collins. I think he's looked better, no doubt, and I think they feel much more comfortable about going to him. I still think, though, if, if it's really like they're down seven and they decide Alice Collins is the back who's going to lead them to the uh, yeah. lead them, lead them to the promised land here, I don't think that's a great scenario i still think thomas rawls is sort of the, the back they need and, and the, the the type of running they need to uh to get it done all right we'll end on this one then when is marshawn coming back uh as a seahawk football player never um and the other and i, I we were talking earlier and I, I told i told jason go ahead and ask this for two reasons one so i've had several twitter followers all year long who were convinced uh, when i would say he's not coming back uh we're getting on me no he's going to be back etc cetera, etc cetera. i just it's probably one of those things. Maybe we should have tried to write something more strongly. Marsan's never coming back ever, but that's, you know, behind the scenes, nobody's ever thought Marsan was going to come back, except, you know, I know there was the Mike Florio report and maybe people are just hoping against hope here, but, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, not coming back for, for the, I don't think he's ever coming back, but, uh, you know, his agent, who is also Michael Bennett's agent. I know, I uh, talked to a few of us last week after Bennett, um, Bennett signed and, you know, made it clear Marshawn's very happy in retirement. You see Marshawn on TV constantly doing all these varying things and doing all that. I don't think Marshawn has any interest in playing football. Well, Marshawn might not be back, but uh, I guess if you're a Seahawks fan, hopefully we'll be back because that means the Seahawks have another playoff game. So tune in next week. <laughs>